This program is brought to you by Bibleway Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. I don't know what it is about a, a crowd or even, you know, a small group of people. Maybe we feel secure in a group. Well, for years, I taught the Theories of Persuasion course, and, and I taught the persuasive tactics that can happen in a group, the way in which we accommodate or or acclimate to the norms of the group, or what's considered normal. Groups will even take on their own identity. People will act differently in a group than they would act individually, you know, like at a concert. But it doesn't even have to be that large of a group. I don't know what it is about a group that compels us to to acquiesce to the group idea, but honestly, we do it. We really do. I mean, I've seen it. Recently, I presented a slate of candidates to a search committee for a prestigious two university. You see, I work as a search lead for an executive search firm, and, and that means that I recruit, I vet, and evaluate candidates for executive positions for, for higher education, for healthcare, and nonprofit organizations. So my partner in the search and I, we went through the process, as we always do, and really were very closely um, looking at every candidate. So honestly, we were feeling really good about the candidates that we were going to present. They were qualified beyond the requirements. They held high credentials. They were from a variety of backgrounds for the search committee to choose from. We felt good. And then the committee started, and I began to give an overview of the candidates, their background, and what makes them stand out as a good candidate for the position. And I was interrupted. I was interrupted with a question that was irrelevant. And very quickly, I was unable to complete my presentation because it became a bash fest by the committee about all these candidates. Nothing was said about their credentials for the position, but only negative comments about, well, nothing that mattered that, that would qualify them or preclude them from being able to do a really great job. I was shocked. I was even more so when one of the committee members asked for a meeting and expressed her embarrassment by the group's behavior. She thought the candidates were well qualified, and she worried that the group would miss out on a great person because of the negative attitude of the committee. She told me that they were the committee was very tight-knit, very close, and had been running together for a very long time. So I reflected on that. They're running together. And I wondered, why didn't she speak up? I mean, if she saw it, why didn't she say something? Why did she remain silent? Why was she running with them when she didn't agree with them? And I can say, you can say, well, that's how people are. Or that's the world for you. But you know what? I start thinking about that more and more in that situation. And it's not just the world. Is it? You know, in Genesis chapter 37, when Joseph's brothers were bashing him and decided to kill him, that's what they were going to do. They all got, they all go along with it. Now, Reuben does speak up. I, I, I give you that. He convinced them to sell Joseph. But still, he still went along with it, even though he didn't agree. And when Aaron, when Aaron awaits at the bottom of the mountain for Moses and the people rebel, and so he created a golden calf to worship because the group wanted it. He wouldn't speak up. 
Matthew chapter 26 verses 6 through 13 tells us that the disciples of our Savior had the same problem. I mean, remember the woman who washed Jesus's feet with alabaster oil? Verse 8 and 9 says that the group of disciples were talking with each other about her, that it was a mistake, how wrong it was with what she was doing, washing Jesus's feet. And Jesus had to speak up for her. So why? I mean, why would Reuben not speak up for Joseph or Aaron refuse to build the calf and try to keep them from doing what they were doing? Or a disciple who was there with Jesus and saw that woman washing his feet. Why wouldn't a disciple defend that woman? Why? Why would it be that way? Maybe for the same reason that, that we continue to listen when we're with people who start to gossip about someone or or say something negative, like that woman did in that search committee. And then maybe we maybe we just add our two cents worth. Some say it's it's human nature that we do this. But I don't agree. I mean we're created in the image of God. We didn't come out of the womb doing this, huddling in groups, venting, gossiping. We didn't. We don't. That, that's not from God. So why? Is it the fear of being like a Daniel and facing certain destruction if we're standing alone and standing against what other people are saying? Or is the fear of being like a, a Peter at the fire and, and if we don't stand against it, we'll be associated with someone unpopular? Is it the loneliness that may come if we don't? If we if we do speak up, I think that's it. At least that's my theory. The loneliness of being different, not one of the group. For some reason, we really like groups, don't we? We sometimes prefer them, small gatherings. Is that that we don't feel overwhelmed or in those groups we don't feel forgotten? And God likes groups too. I mean, that's true. He invented the church, our assembly. He invented or created the group of apostles to support a support group for the challenges that they would face in their battles against Satan. He created the church so that we could support one another. Now, God does like groups too. After all, our master said, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. That's recorded in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Those were his words when he was preparing his disciple for his departure from this earth. I believe that God created us as beings that need others, relational. And maybe, maybe that's our weakness. But also maybe it's our greatest strength. When we're in a crowd, we, to remain silent and staying with a group or to speak and stand with the cloud of witnesses, the great cloud of witnesses. This reference in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Because just like that woman was telling me about that committee that was running together, we're the same, aren't we? There's always a crowd. It just depends on which one we want to run with. It depends on which direction that we're running. And it is for this. For... Our never remaining silent when we're in a crowd. It is for this that we run with that great crowd of witnesses. It is for this 
that I bow my knees today. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.